And we are back on FT Live from Seattle. It is time for Charlotte's Web Player Access, presented by Recreate and our friends at Charlotte's Web. And we have another guest in person, Carlos Calazzo, looking surprisingly, I, I said during the break, well-rested here at MLB Players House. Appreciate you having, uh, having you here and also getting into some of these players that just got picked. So first off, how are you feeling from <laughs> like a an energy and sleep perspective? Because this is, what, the craziest week of the year for you? Yeah, this is the biggest day of the year for us for sure. I mean, everything I'm doing the whole year builds up to this. And, and to your point, I think there's a lot of a lot of energy drink coursing through my vein right now. Like. <laughs> It's, I'm running on adrenaline, I feel like. Like last night is very long. Today we're going all day. Tomorrow we'll feel even longer and it's rapid fire. Um, there's still a lot of exciting players that are going to be picked, but I'm really waiting for the first guy that we don't have on our BA 500. But last night I think was cool to see a lot of hitters go in the first round. One of the better drafts that I've, I think it's probably the best draft that I've covered. And I think for the most part, teams didn't get creative. They took the best players and we'll see how it pans out, but it was a lot of fun to see. Can we get your high-level thoughts? And there's some fan questions that we'll mix into, and these guys might have questions for you as well. From the top five, there was a pretty distinct top five. Yeah. So how did you think that played out? I was glad to see the top five go in the top five. I mean, we all do the mock drafts leading up. Those got blown up immediately, like they typically do. But there were some questions about would the Twins pivot to a college player? Did they want a pitcher um, without being able to get skeins, obviously? But no, all the top five guys... Guys went top five. I think that was the smart decision. The whole spring we heard that Dylan Cruz, Paul Skeens, Wyatt Langford, Max Clark, and Walker Jenkins were the elite talents in a very strong class. And I think it reminds me of 2019 when we had a group of top six players with Adley Rutschman and Bobby Witt Jr. leading that class. All those six guys went top six. And to see it fall that way just makes me feel confident that the teams knew they had good players up top. They didn't want to get too cute with it. They'll figure out the other picks later. They'll just feel really good about the was, first guys you had. Was there any surprise on how they went, though? Was it like to see, was it Max Clark went third? Was yeah. Was a little surprise? I think maybe a little. We all kind of expected the college players to go third, just given the chatter. Yeah. We never, I never felt confident in a read on Detroit's room. They were always really tricky, and I think they were interesting, too, just because they have some new people running the show over there. Mark Connor has done things with the Padres in the past. Uh, and attacked high upside high school players, so maybe not surprising considering what he's done. Um, and why Langford, I think, has a real case as 1-1, as do, I guess, all these players. Yeah. So maybe a little surprising because I didn't expect it, but it fits on talent. So. No team's mad about who they got in the top five. Sure. No. Not yet. <laughs> not yet, correct. Well, Eventually, yeah. yes. But I think, like, I was, we were sitting here talking about beforehand, like, Skeens, are you surprised the Pirates actually went with what I would – and we all s thought the right choice? You even thought was the right choice? Yeah, I think it's the right choice. I think, I think any of these top three college guys could have been the right choice. I mean, personally, I would have gone Cruz. We had him at number one on our board, but I think the margins here are razor thin. I think you can make a case that Skeens is the biggest upside play in this class. Leading up to the draft, the names that we heard were Skeens, Wyatt Langford, and Max Clark, I'd say, most heavily in that order. So it wasn't too surprising. I think maybe everyone... Just thinking to what they did with Henry Davis a few years ago, thinking about how the Pirates like to diversify underslot guys. But again, when you're dealing with like a generational pitching talent, I don't think it's too surprising. Isn't Ske like you said he has the most upside, but isn't yeah. also to for me, he seems like he's the most sure thing out of all these guys too. Yeah, I think because I mean he's six foot six, yeah, yeah. he throws a hundred. Got a slider and a changeup, right? He, he doesn't walk, guys. No. And he, his arm should be a little more rested, right, than other guys because he was a catcher. He mm -hmm. wasn't a pitcher his whole life. 
So I, I feel like, you know, you say he has the most upside, yeah. but I also feel like he was the safest pick and probably could be the fastest guy to get to the big leagues to help the Pirates because, honestly, he could slot right in right yeah, now absolutely. and say, okay, we're going to pitch you. We could do an Otani. You're going to pitch every sixth day. We're going to give you 100%. extra days when you need it. And I he would look the part. Yeah, I think he is absolutely the quickest to the big leagues player in this class without question. I mean, he has the physicality. He has the stuff. He has the mentality, like talking to this guy about his preparation, coming from the military background. He was working with Wes Johnson, who obviously knows what it's like at the big league level. If he's ready in terms of health and you want to manage his innings, obviously you want to be careful, but there's no reason why if he was available even later this year, you could put him in a pen or you could put him up to start. Like it's elite stuff, but it's elite pitchability too. He's the best pitching prospect I've ever seen. And I know everyone this spring was saying it's the best since Strasburg. So I agree with you. I think the only risk with schemes is just the general risk of being a pitcher. It feels like there's just more chances for something to go wrong because Pitching is tough. We see guys get injured all the time. Any day, he could deal with an injury. So that would be like the one area of risk. And I even think with how he does it, with how physical and large he is, how easy he gets to 98 in the sixth, seventh inning, it's insane. And then you talk about Cruz and, yeah. and Langford, and then Max Clark was kind of the, and Jenkins were kind of like the two high school guys. For me, if I'm a team and I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, man, I've seen Dylan Cruz almost hit 500 in the SEC, yeah. facing dudes every day. Absolutely. <coughs> and Langford did, had the year he had. I, I just, as a GM looking at it, I can't see that, that Clark or Jenkins, mm -hmm. they're not as proven. So it should have been an easy one, two, three. Now I know yeah. signability comes Absolutely. into it, but if you're looking at it from the outside, I would say, man, Skeens, Cruz, Lankford, and then it would be because of the high school yeah, thing. Yeah. I know these dudes can hit. You know, Lankford's facing Skeens type of guys, right, every day in the SEC. <laughs> Cruz is facing everybody's best in the SEC. Mm -hmm. Max Clark is facing a guy throwing 62 miles an hour 100%. Praying that he can throw a strike. Yeah. So, I think that's a good point. I mean, we lined up our board with those top three college guys, I think, for that reason. What's, I, I think typically with the top high school players in any draft class, what, what separates them from the college guys is, is the explosive tools is normally more electric than the college players just because the tools these guys typically get picked out of high school. But this year, I think those college players have just as exciting tool sets and upside as the high school players. And then you add that certainty of just knowing, okay, they've gone through the SEC gauntlet. They've faced a ton of 92-plus velocity. They've proven it. So I think, I think to your point, you do have some sense of security and safety and profiling and projecting the hit tool with a tool set that's going to stay up the middle and, and hit a ton of power with, with a guy like uh, Wyatt Langford. So it'll be interesting to see what the money looks like because I think it could certainly be a case where maybe – Maybe Clark gets a little bit less than slot there. Um, but it's also interesting, too, because the Tigers took Max Clark. Then they took Kevin McGonigal with their next pick. So they were clearly targeting these very hit-first high school players. I think they maybe got the, the best pure-hitting high school players in the class between Max Clark and Kevin McGonigal, and that's pretty impressive, too. I'll mix in some fan questions here. We'll start with Nob, who said, was Carlos surprised to see the Mets take Brandon Sprout the second year in a row. They really yeah. wanted him. And AJ and me were, were laughing. We're like, <laughs> dude said no after getting taken 90. It's not like he was taken deep, deep into the draft. And then, what was it, 56, I believe, for the Mets? Yeah, in the 50s. Round, I'm not sure what the pick was exactly. But they also took Noel McClain, I think, in the third round. And he was one of the other two guys last year who was taken and didn't sign. So they're just like, you guys are going to come play for us. Uh, <laughs> this is your they, only option. <laughs> the yeah. Orioles did take McClain, but I think it's funny that two of the three guys in the top ten last year they signed. I'm not sure if this is 
100% accurate, but I think players actually have to sign a waiver to allow a team to sign them again if they were selected and didn't sign. There's some agreement I think you have to come to terms with um, before that happens, but it was surprising. They clearly liked him last year. They're like, yeah, if you're playing in pro ball, you're playing yeah. for us, but it's impressive arm talent. It's a big fastball. It's a good slider and a changeup. If he's throwing strikes consistently, he can be dominant at times. I think the strikes is maybe the big question with him. Like, how consistent can he be? How good is the fastball command going to be? And the fastball has, I think, in the past played down a little bit from the velocity, just whether it's like the life of the pitch or the deception that he gets. But, I mean, on his best days, I think it's three pluses. Okay, out of the big five, yeah. who's your favorite player in the draft? Who's, who's not uh, Like not counting the big five? Not counting Skeens, Cruz, Clark, Jenkins, and Whit Langford. Yeah. Who's, who was your favorite guy that, you're, that necessarily didn't go in the top ten that you're yeah. like, okay, this dude's going to be a stud? One of the guys that I found myself really liking all spring was Sammy Stafura, a shortstop, and I'm, I'm trying to think of who selected. I think the Reds actually took him in the, in the second round after they took two college pitchers. I thought he had a chance to go in the back of the first. The Yankees were really heavily associated with him. Um, but he's just a really well-rounded shortstop who has a great approach at the plate. He added a lot of physicality and strength this spring and took like a solid all-around tool set and amplified it a bit. The power is impressive. He's running plus times now. It's almost Anthony Volpe-ish if Anthony Volpe had taken his strength gains before he got drafted. Um, so I just think it's a very well-rounded profile, good actions defensively. I think he sticks at shortstop. I'm a sucker for high school shortstops in general. This class has a lot of those guys, and, and he's one of my favorites. Um, I have one question that from Sean. He said, because you were there and we were here doing yeah. our alternate version with your colleague, J.J. Cooper. Thoughts on the A's sell chance and Manfred booze? Did you really hear all of that? Oh, man, the booze were intense. Yes. Yeah. He, he got booed quite a bit. It didn't seem to love it. I think oh, no. the crowd was <laughs> the, the crowd was very loud throughout. I think Manfred being booed initially, uh, the Astros as an organization being booed, and the Yankees. I think those were like the three teams that we that we heard the crowd boo the most. But Manfred was was booed pretty severely. And I think this is maybe the probably the loudest I've heard him be booed. Like every every year, it seems like with a live crowd the commission gets booed. Yep. The first year in Denver is indoors, so it almost felt louder, but this year it was it was pretty intense. So it was a good showing from the fans in general. The 12th man in Seattle is what they the call it. The 12th exactly. man. The 12th that's man that's showed up to, for Manfred. And I think I think the comment about the A's like put things over the top because any baseball fan would be pissed about that, that comment that we went over a month ago. Yeah, for sure. We, Adam, Adam Silver is now the only commissioner to not get booed. He doesn't get booed, <laughs> No, right? at all. He's the NBA. Wow. He's, I mean, well, yeah, you hear Goodell and NFL and the other yeah. ones. Yes. Well, because the, the other commissioners know who they have to look them. up to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> look up to Adam. Adam's doing a good job. Players like him. Fans like him. It's not hard to be a good person. Just saying. To also, we're in Seattle where they hate the Yankees and they hate well, that makes the sense. Astros. So, that of course, they're going to boo them. Exactly, yeah. I, the I'm curious. Do you guys think the Astros or the Yankees are, like, the most hated team in general now? It Astros. feels like the Astros. Astros. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Astros. No? I think the Yankees I, I think, I think The Astros I think get more boos than the Yankees Yankees. Now. They definitely were booed louder the other day at the draft for whatever that's But that's worth. player by player usually. That's I understand mean? the division. Yankee no, fans. It's like, it's like what's Yankee his name? Fans. Yankee fans, I think, get bring on the most crap about them with yes. okay. the, the way they travel and just always seeing the Yankee hat and how they act. But team-wise, I think the Astros has taken the top spot. Fans sure. have not forgotten. They're still heated almost anywhere. And there's only, what, two, three players left from that team. And yeah, so you're you're booing you're booing 
a jersey. You're not booing yeah. the actual well, player. Well, they boo Altuve. Yeah. Altuve Bregman. Bregman. That's pretty much what it is. I mean, right? those are two yeah. of the big faces of the whole scandal, though. Yeah. But you also sit there, and it's like, how much longer? Like, yeah. the Mariners were not affected by the Astros scandal as much as the Yankees might have been sure. affected. As much as Araldis Chapman might have been affected. They're going to boo forever. Yeah. Because it, the same thing would happen with... I'll just bring up like a, a dude who gets suspended for roids. A-Rod, Ryan Braun, any of those guys, if they're not at their home ballpark, consistent Boo. booze, whole career. It will not stop. That's Tatis. just how fans operate. Tatis. Is Tatis getting booed consistently? Oh, still? yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Is he? But, my, but the thing is about like the booing and the Astros and all that, Rob Manfred keeps bringing it up. He should not – the other day he brought it up and was like, I should have punished the players. Like, dude, if stop you're the sport, yeah. stop talking about it. You're in yeah. charge of this. You want this to go away. And you keep bringing it up, yeah. like let it go. He's That's not, bad commissioning. He's not handling something the right way. Well, just, <laughs> bad commissioning. What? Carlos is like, stop talking about this, guys. Like, I want to baseball America too. <laughs> so about the draft. So, <laughs> anyway, no, I, I have like, a few more. Word. Uh, let me ask you one Blue Jays question from Reggie. Was it a bold move for the Jays uh, for the Jays to do what they did yesterday, or do you think that it will pay off? Arjun Namala. Oh, Namala. No, I think that was good value there. It makes sense for them. They seem to be a pretty model-heavy team. Namala was one of those players that's linked to all of the model teams. He was one of the youngest players in the draft class. I do think he's maybe a bit polarizing as a player. There are some people who are really high on him and some people who are more skeptical of the swing decisions. He's going to need to improve how he attacks, like high velocity at the top of the zone. He might not be a shortstop. He's not the quickest guy. His actions are good, but I think like short area quickness, lateral mobility, those questions could push him to third, especially as he grows into his frame. I think he's going to be a physical monster. He's got a ton of bat speed right now, a ton of raw power, and he's only going to get to more. Some people have thrown Alfonso Soriano comps on him, which I think is interesting, wow. um, just in terms of the sort of player he could be. So if he's that, I mean, that's a really exciting player. Yeah. But the hit tool is probably yeah. the biggest question here. We play locks here, our bet okay. MGM locks. Yeah. You need to give us your lock of who is going to have the most big league time. Not necessarily the Can we the go best outside career. of the top five? No. Because those guys would be easier, I feel like. Yeah, I love yeah, Braden Taylor. Who's that? Braden Taylor, yes. third, baseman third baseman at TCU. TCU. The Rays took oh, him. I thought he could have gone top ten. They picked him as a shortstop. I'm not sure if like they meant to do that or if they're actually going to try him there because I think third base or second base would be fine for him. I would be surprised if he's a shortstop. They have a shortstop, by the way. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he's phenomenal over there. So maybe he can when he's not playing with someone who's that good defensively. But Braden Taylor's approach, I feel like, is one of the elite approaches in this draft class. Like outside of Dylan Cruz, I don't know whose like actual approach would be better in terms of swing decisions, the pitches, like firing off his A-swing behind in the count. He's not phased when he's 1-2, if he's 0-2. Exceptional eye. He's never chased really at a high rate. I think throughout his career, it's an 18% walk rate and like a 16% strikeout rate. And this year, he also tapped into more home run power. I don't think it's the biggest raw power, but he's one of those guys like Bregman who, for whatever reason, maybe you guys can speak to this, just is able to maximize the power, has really efficient angles to the ball, like, he gets all of the power that he has in-game, and I think all the other tools are solid average. Like, it's not super crazy. It's not explosive as a runner. Uh, but he's a better base runner than he is. Uh, like, his, his base running instincts are better than his pure speed. So I just think he's one of those really savvy, instinctual like players those. who just maximizes the tool set. And if I had to bet on anyone's hit tool, like, I just, I just think he's going to hit in pro ball. So that would be the guy for me. I'll get one more question in. Easy. 
who are the most interesting players to watch in today's portion of the draft? Like, where are some of the leftovers or people that you thought Left. maybe should have? He did. He leftovers. Did. Who are these leftovers? <laughs> <from>? <laughs> Somebody. Yeah. Their, mo their moms are probably yeah, upset. Yeah, yeah that, but that's okay. They'll the listen draft. to you. Passmentinos. Where's the, the dudes that, or, or also you can add to this, anybody that you were surprised that, what? The Prasinskis. You got picked on the second like no, there was time? only one day when I was. Uh, no, but now you would be picked on yeah. the second day. Can't, we can't all be first rounders. You'd be oh, a, you'd be a leftover. Where were you? Second rounder. Oh, sorry, we all can't <laughs> be second rounders. <laughs> tell first them, day tell them. Yeah. We're grinders. We I, was, grinders. I was 29th <laughs> overall by the Blue Jays, so I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> there you go. Were you really? So who are the leftovers? Is Scott the leftovers. One of the best leftovers I think is Cam Johnson. Yeah, the guy from IMG. That dude does a bazillion. I don't know if he's been selected. The draft is going on right now. I know a couple of the top high school players, like the top guy available on the board entering the day, Travis Sikora. I don't know if you guys have seen him, but he was throwing 100 miles per hour when he was a junior in high school. He's a big physical. Yeah. That's incredible. He was a shortstop and a right-handed pitcher out of Texas. Threw 101. I saw him as a junior, and he was playing shortstop the whole game. I was like, he has pretty good actions for a shortstop. Then he hopped on the mound, and it was 97 with no warm-up at all. Um, so he probably has oh. the best high school velocity <laughs> My elbow in the class. just dropped. <laughs> just yeah. hearing that. It's insane. And, and again, I don't, know if, I don't know if Cam has been selected, but he's a big physical lefty with a low slot. If he gets to LSU, I know Jay, after he wasn't taken first day, Coach Jay Johnson, he was like, Man, I got to get on the phone with this guy. See what's going on. If yeah, we get know, him, to no, campus. you know who he got on the phone with? Raising canes and uh, walk-ons. <laughs> and got some nil money. Exactly. It was like, hey, boys. I mean, massive upside. It's just such a tough angle. He's mid to upper 90s with really good feel to spin. I saw him at the combine and he put it across the plate well there. But again, he's another guy probably needs to refine the control a little bit. It always feels like the high school players just because they have a chance to get overpaid after day one. Jack Hurley was another one. I think he was already picked early on day three. So we've already had some of our best available players go. Um, but, again, I don't know if Cam Johnson has been selected. It all comes in signability, though, right? Exactly. And, and people always ask this, too, like, oh, I don't think this guy's going to sign here. He's so good. He's committed to such and such program. If these players are selected on day two, assume they're going to sign until they don't because the teams absolutely have to nail the signability or it really puts their draft in danger in terms of lining up the money. I think it's like 97% of the players taken top 10 rounds sign. We only had three last year. And when they don't sign, it's a mess up on the team's part by not locking down that sign. Two of those guys were Mets guys, right? In the top 10 rounds, yeah. Right, Sprout and the other other Mets guy were the two of them. It was Nolan McClain, and then it was the second baseman who's draft eligible this year. I'm blanking on his name, but he was like a solid hitter-ish second base type. Those are fun ones to watch, though. The guys who decide if they can get signed or not or go to college and probably go higher later down the road. Yeah, absolutely. You really have to have confidence in yourself, bet on yourself. Matt McClain did this a few years ago. Um, Gunnar Hoagland was a pitcher who I did. I was at uh, Arizona State, and Hosmer was not signing. He was coming to Arizona State, but then they asked for the extension and also offered another million or so and got him to sign, <laughs> I think, eventually. Nice. But those fun ones, those guys who are still at the colleges are all watching. They know who is expected to sign. But if one or two of those guys don't end up signing and come to the college, that changes around the uh, It's university. changed, though. I mean, I don't want to – we're tight on time here, but schools can say – we talked about this yesterday. We've got some money that is kind of over the table now. We don't have to do any BS. Yeah. And there's just more money in, in the sport of college baseball yeah. right now where – No more scholarships, but more money. More money. More right. money, yeah. but no more scholarships. <laughs> Are you trying Teams to make a statement? Teams still get 11.7? 35 were, guys. 
and you were part of the that I mean back in 83 when you got your scholarship <laughs> it was part of the 11.7 I got a I got a whole one though they offered me a whole one. So now there was 10.7 left for the rest of the guys. That was Not selfish. Not his problem. Not my problem. <laughs> my parents ain't got no money. <laughs> now you don't need it. You just get the NIL. That's right. Now, well, that's what teams do now, right? Instead of giving them scholarships, they say, we'll cover your money yeah. and you'll make extra by because yeah. of NIL. So Absolutely. It's, it's kind of made the 11.7 irrelevant for the big boys. Promotes the chicken fingers. Uh, Carlos, thank you so much yeah, for stopping by, dude. Absolutely. Enjoy the rest Thanks of the draft. I appreciate it. Thank Th you. Thank you. And you can follow thank Carlos you. at hey, Carlos A. Colazzo on Twitter and read all of his work for Baseball America. And also check out his podcast. Um, you can follow it, too, at Future Pro Pod. And what you're looking at right now is a chance to win a trip to the 2023 World Pleasure. Series. Awesome. Recreate job, the Thanks, official Carlos. CBD the of MLB. Wants to send you to the 2023 World Series. Follow hello underscore recreate on Instagram and post a photo <laughs> in your favorite baseball gear using the hashtag live play recreate. Yeah. Also got to use the hashtag RC sweepstakes. No purchase necessary. Ends July 31st. Open to legal residents of the 50 U.S. states and D.C. age 18 plus for rules. Go to charlottesweb.com slash World Series recreate the official CBD of Major League Baseball if you want to win a trip to the 2023 World Series. So. FT Live is back. There you go. Our director, AJ Przinski, is here. Eric Kratz is dancing. Jason Kipfis is chilling. Scotty Braun with you as well. And Keith Law from The Athletic joining us right now, who is probably on super low sleep. And uh, You can read all of his articles in The Athletic. Also, DVR and Law, great podcast you can listen to on Prospects, Draft, The Whole Deal. Keith, you know, I'm a fan for years. Great to actually, I think it's the first time you and I have actually spoken on air together. So uh, great to see you. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How about you? Very good. Thoughts first, just big picture, wherever you want to go on the draft yesterday. It surprises how you thought things played out. Obviously, top five was very distinct talent-wise, and it played out that way. Yeah, it was pretty chalk, actually, um, which doesn't usually happen. God, last year, uh, I don't know if folks remember, but at the draft, you know, by the th it was literally the third pick. The Rangers took Kumar Rocker, and you could hear everybody go, whoa, right? At, at that point, it was just like everything blew up. But I think that generally, like, 1 through 30, 1 through 35-ish, it was kind of expected. The bet, this was a really deep draft class. It was a really deep draft class for college players especially, and that really came through uh, in the at least in, in the first round plus where we saw teams just grab those guys before they before they could come off the board and then choose to spend more money later on. Well, it makes sense. If you have five players that are clearly above everybody, you should go chalk. Just yeah. it was a question of what order, mm -hmm. right? And then, and then after that is kind of when the chaos kind of kicked in because we didn't know who was going to take who or who was going to do what. But remember, so but Kyle Glazer from Baseball America was saying at one point yesterday that, like, the Pirates were talking to a number of picks to see if anyone would go under slot. Yeah, but like it was those five board. guys they were talking to. It's not like they were talking to – some guy that got drafted in the third round. I know, but I still hate – I mean, I don't know how you feel, Keith, but I hate that process. I get it. Like, I, I don't think it's good for the sport, for fans that are following the draft, to be like the Pirates, instead of talking about just, like, their decision on who the most talented player is to pick is, like, can we mess around with slot money? Because most fans don't understand all that shit, and they're like, are the Pirates being cheap yeah. with their first pick? I don't like that part of the process. Um, by the way, if we can swear, that's like the best news. Keith, for me this at all. is this is your 
place to shine, Talking baby. This rip. is why I left Absolutely. MLB, so that I can say whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> um, you know, I, I agree with you in principle that, yeah, it's the last thing we want to see is, is the guy who goes first overall is nowhere near, not even in the discussion for the best player in the draft. That did, the thing is, that didn't happen this year, right? Paul Skeens has the best shit I've ever personally seen from a college starter, at least in terms of velocity. Sitting 100, holding it deep into games. I saw Cole, I saw Strasburg, I saw Price, I saw Mize, and I liked all those guys. And some of them had better full arsenals, but Skeen's fastball is the best I've ever seen. It's just straight velocity from a college starter. But, so, but the, the spin rate go, isn't go. as good, Keith. So how can you say that? The spin rate doesn't carry on the heater. It's a slow hundred. Do I detect a a, a hint of sarcasm? A lot of sarcasm because he's still 102, 120 pitches in. He's not perfect yet, Keith. What the hell? No, no. Um, And I don't know if you guys have seen, I mean, I'm sure you've seen some video, right? But I got, I was a couple rows behind the plate at the box and you don't see the ball till really late. And so you could see these Alabama hitters were just, that was the night I was there. You know, they were either you're sitting fastball or you're trying to sit slider, but you're just deciding way too early and you get a lot of really ugly swings, and especially I don't think Skeen's going to spend a lot of time in a ball. I'd probably just have at least start next year in double a Altoona. But if they do, Hey, go take a couple turns in a ball, just get your feet wet. Like you're going to see a lot of really ridiculous box scores. Cause these hitters are just, they're not going to be able to see the ball in time to react to it. You well, saw LSU versus Alabama. I was at the game. Is that the game that the, the game Alabama coach? I'm called his buddy, right? Yep, I allegedly. was at that game. Uh, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Uh, yeah, Excuse I want to. I'm not going to make any accusations. So, fun fact: that was the Brad Bohannon, if I believe, yep. it was yep. the recruiting coordinator at Kentucky who recruited me into college. Oh no shit! So that's a, that's a small story I'm going to piece together for you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it all yeah, came that together. Did he that bet game on sounded, you? That game sounded familiar. What? Did he bet yeah. on you? He did bet on me because he recruited me. <laughs> so a metaphorical bet, <laughs> yes. if you will. Yes. <laughs> There's no way. Okay. I don't know where the other affiliates are for the Pirates. Altoona's, where's AAA? Indianapolis yeah. still? Indianapolis. I love how turns to Kratz. Cold weather. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I should know. Yeah, cold no weather. Weather. Nine, buddy. Yeah. Cold weather. That's why I'm here. <laughs> yep. Altoona, I don't know if you've ever been there, but that place is cold weather. Altoona? Sucks. Yeah. Yes. I've been well, there Well, I wasn't going to say that. Cold weather. I don't know. They they have they have to have a Florida State League team, right? Maybe in Bradenton. I don't know if they Florida yeah, State League's low A. It's low A. But still, and they're going to want Greensboro. Greensboro. Okay, they're not going to start him in Double A because of the weather. Watch. Just That'll the weather. Be their okay, excuse. that's fair. Because they'll say, they will say, oh, we don't want him to get pitched in the cold weather to start, so we're right. going to start in Bradenton or uh, the other one you said, uh, Greensboro. 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 Uh, yeah. Because the weather will. Or Hopefully Pittsburgh. be warmer. Well, Pittsburgh would be the best stop, but they won't do yeah, that. Yeah, seriously. I hear but it's cold there, though. Can't, see, it's can't freezing. But you see what I'm saying, Keith? They're going to want yeah. him to start and have success. They're not going to send him to Altoona where it could be 27 degrees and yeah. snowing. They're going to send him to Bradenton where it'll be 85 and sunny and go out and dominate some 18-year-old kids and say, oh, look how good our first-round overall good. pick is. It's all, it's all about controlling and managing not just the player but the perception, right? Like you said. You do not want your number one pick to go out and get his ass handed to him. You don't want your number one pick to go out and he's, oh, he's only throwing 96 because it's cold out. And then it's the, oh, Paul Skeens is broken. Did they do something wrong? Is he hurt? 
did the Pirates just screw this up? I actually, I totally agree with you. It makes a ton of sense. I wonder if they would just start him in Greensboro, right? It's warmer. It's not warm. It's warmer in April. It's a great spot. It's a great ballpark. You know, they actually draw. The one thing with the Florida State League, you guys know, nobody goes, right? So he could yeah. go pitch in front of, like, 20 people. You send him to Greensboro, too. You make the affiliate happy. <laughs> I, I live in Wilmington, Delaware. I'm like, send Dylan Cruz there. I don't care if it's a week. Just give me one home stand. I will hype the shit out of this because it's 10 minutes from my house. Of course I want to go see you. <laughs> and it, I know it'll make the Blue Rocks owner happy even if he's there for, like I said, for six games. You soft West Coast or Southern State guys who just couldn't play in April <laughs> or anything like that. We'd never played in anything below 60-degree weather before. <laughs> he played in a dome. He made his he debut knows. with he the team played. in a dome. <laughs> but he also sat. He also sat Dude, in Florida. I froze, I froze my ass off in Fort Wayne, Chicago, Britain. You put in your Salt Lake Chicago. City, Chicago, uh, Chicago. I mean, I'm talking. He's he's talking. He only talks minor leagues. I know. I know. So, <laughs> listen, I froze my ass off in Fort Wayne, Indiana, freaking Appleton, Wisconsin in April. That ain't very. That he ain't was exactly the only. Warm. He was the only kid in the Florida State League who was like. This doesn't suck. Exactly. I lived here. <laughs> Gulf Coast League. Dude, when I signed, I went to the Gulf Coast League. Oh, the Gulf Coast League. We had these dudes. You're the going Gulf up to the next League. level. Aww. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we had, these, we had these dudes in the Gulf Coast League that were from, like, Wisconsin and up north, Minnesota, and they, they couldn't make it two innings because they're red and they're Get dead. And I'm struck. like, I'm ready for another game. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> I had no idea. They're putting in ice baths and ice. I'm like, dude, let's go. Keith, okay, I got to go ahead. Go. I was just going to say, I remember doing Instructs when I lived in Arizona. I would just go out to Instructs games, too. And, I mean, I'm, you know, you can see how pale I am, right? I'm not built for that. It's, like, still 100 degrees in September. You're under a broiler. I was at Camelback where, they were, at that point, the trees hadn't even grown in yet. So there's no hiding. Players are dropping. Scouts are dropping. I'm like, what the fuck do we play baseball here in the middle of the, in the, middle of the day? Just do it at night. Yeah. You could see, it. like, no, nobody was adjusting. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nobody was getting better. If you no, put an, right? if you put an over under without knowing how many starts Strasburg had in the minor leagues, does Skeen have more or less than Strasburg had? So Strasburg, I remember because I went to Altoona for his Double A debut. So I think it was like his regular season debut because he pitched in the fall. Yep. And then he went to Double A. Yep. So he was only there like two months, right? I, it was probably like 10, 8 to ten starts. Eleven. I bet you. Oh, okay. So nailed it. Do Not I a think, grinder. Yeah. That's why I get paid the medium bucks. Um, <laughs> do I think Skeens does more or less than that? I bet you he does less than that. Less? Yeah. Could, could he like just that. jump? Could he just jump to Pittsburgh? Would they do that? They won't do it. They won't do they it. They won't? Could he? There's no way they'll do that for, for control reasons, right? Yeah. They're going to yeah. want to push off the free agency. But if he does what we all think he's going to do, they're going to bring him to the big leagues pretty quickly. Is he going to pitch this year in, in minor leagues or the fall league? I bet you – I don't think he makes a start the rest of the summer. Just because college starters now, because the draft is late, they just don't pitch over the summer anymore, ever. Or they make, like, one token start, which is – I don't even know why you bother. But I, he might pitch in fall league. We've had some guys do that, which, again, you know, selfishly, I always go to fall league. So I usually go for the first or second week to see those guys before they get sent home. So I'm hoping he goes out there. And I like I think that's good. Most players I talk to like the fall. They like going out there. And so, you know, that's to me that's also a great like you go out there with one of your coaches is on the coaching staff, so somebody gets to know you and it's pretty low pressure. 
just a chance to pitch somewhere first. So I'm like, I'm a big advocate of the pirates usually send their guys like Quinn Priester. He missed some time last year due to injury. So he was out in fall league. Henry Davis was out in fall league. The pirates aren't one of those clubs. that's like, fuck the fall league. We're never sending any prospects. They actually do send their guys out there. So I hope he goes out there. Maybe he makes three starts and then starts next year. No lower than double A. Makes it more impressive hearing like the Mike leaks who, Skip yeah. the entire minor leagues. That's so yep. few. If I a mean, guy with a hundred and his repertoire of schemes is not going to do that, but yeah, Lee can go straight there. Also depends yeah, on sure. the organization too. I mean, yeah. some organizations yeah. won't do that. Some That's will. what he's saying. The timing. Right. If the Pittsburgh's right. not going to be good, there's no reason to start him. Right. Well, if, the, if this were the Nationals, right? There's no question he's in the big leagues by June first of next year. Right? They're going to put uh, Dylan Cruz is going to move real fast. Rizzo is not afraid. Yeah. to push guys. Strasburg was in the majors in the year. I think Har- Bryce was in the majors in two years. Like, if you are good and you're famous, he'll move you up. I remember seeing famous. once. And you, oh, yeah, there's no question that matters for Crunch, you. never well, yeah. made it. No. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't famous enough. Yeah. That's what I, I needed. Seeing, seeing Juan Soto in I what well, he was with Potomac, but it was high A, and saying, I don't know this guy's going to get there that fast. And like six weeks later, he was in the big leagues. So they would the Nationals, that's just who they are. I respect it. I don't know that I have the balls to do what they do if I were running player development or running a big league club, but they've had pretty good track record. I, I don't know if I could name a guy that Nats rushed to the point that it actually hurt him as a player. That's my big thing. I like it. I, I think there's, it. there's there. more pros than cons yeah. to rushing players up. Worst case, just send them back down. They figure it out. It's fine. Yep. Like Most yep. guys are not going to be that affected. Let me mix in a couple. I mean, we got the YouTube chats buzzing right now. So uh, TJ said, can we get Keith's thoughts on Chase Davis pick to St. Louis at 21. Some are saying best hitter in the draft. Who's some? Who's saying that? I d- yeah, who's saying that? Some <laughs> people say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Your 60 year old uncle on Facebook. Yeah. He thinks Olive Garden is fancy. What, yeah, what's exactly. Todd, what's Todd's uncle's name? Say, uncle Rob? John yeah. Mazelot called and told yes, me. Yes, right. This is right. <laughs> he was the best hitter in the draft. Yep. You like the player, though? I do. I do. Okay. I I was kind of, so I saw Davis in back in March and against um, Jacob Wilson, actually. And even at the time, I was like, why isn't this guy a first rounder? Not a high first rounder, but this is exactly the kind of player who goes in the last like five to 10 picks of the first round. He's reasonably athletic. He definitely had bat speed. He hit for power, made a huge adjustment at the plate. I love players who do that, who actually, you see them get better. He's a sophomore, punched out way too much. Clearly, he made small changes to his swing, not small changes, I think, to his actual approach to when he was choosing to swing and what he was laying off of. And the numbers across the board got better this year. He might be a corner outfielder in time, but I even said in my note yesterday on our live blog that the Cardinals have taken a lot of outfielders who were iffy in center and made them better. So, like, they did this with Bader, who became elite in center. They did this. Dylan Carlson did not look like a center fielder out of the draft, and he's definitely a center fielder now. So I give Davis more of a chance to stick there, too. So I, I thought it was a great pick. And just like a personal favorite of mine of all the players I saw this spring, he was one who always stuck out to me as, I think I like this guy more than the consensus. But it turns out the consensus was actually right where it should be. Uh, Dodger questions rolling in, so I'll just give you yeah. dealer's choice. So uh, uh, Javier saying, what are the Dodgers seeing? Kendall George, Easy saying, has Keith seen the Dodgers double-A pitching staff in Tulsa? Which one's legit? So uh, you can do all of the above. You can go wherever you want here. 
Yeah, the Dodgers draft so far is the head scratcher for me. They took a couple of guys to, like, I know who these guys are. They weren't on my rankings for a reason. Like, Kendall George can really, really run. Uh, there's no power there. I mean, like, 30 power, and it's not a great build. I don't think he's, like, he's not a big guy who you think is going to come into some power. Uh, switch hitter, where, if I remember correctly, there's the right-handed swing, probably still needs a lot of work, like, I mean, that's a you take that guy in the third round, but he was their first pick at 36 overall, and I am just not sure what they see. You know, what do you, what do you think this guy's going to grow up to be in three or four years? I recognize the Dodgers are awesome at what they do. You could lose a lot of money betting against them in the draft or, or player development, but that was one, and I think it was their third rounder, Brady Smith, high school pitcher out of Tennessee, whose stuff really kind of went down over the course of the spring. So another one where it's, if you want to take that guy, fine. But I'm thinking of who's still on the board. When you take those players, you leave a lot of value out there. Could you get Kendall George a little later in the draft? Could you get Brady Smith in the fourth or fifth round and, and take a better player instead? That's fascinating to me because it's the Dodgers, too. It's not right? like we're talking about a team that's done a really poor job of developing prospects. The Dodgers are, are up there among the best, right? I mean, yes, they absolutely. haven't been able to pick towards the top of the draft in, in how long has it been, right? Right, and they still find guys yeah. consistently, you know, picking the back half of the first round or not in the first round at all, like this year. They were in the comp round, and they still generally find guys. Dalton Rushing was a second rounder, I think, last year because they got pushed back, and now he's one of the top five catching prospects in all of baseball. So they do a great job, but this multiple picks this year where even just chatting with scouts, like, what the hell are the Dodgers doing? It's, it's like they, you know, they've just gone completely off the rails. No one else I talk to really understands what – the strategy is there because it also just doesn't look like a Dodgers draft. Usually you can look at them and say, yeah, I know what they're doing there. I know what, what things they're targeting, what types of players, what characteristics they like. This year I can't figure that out so <laughs> far. They're saving money for Otani. That's just, that's <laughs> just, that's just the yeah. standard Dodgers answer. I, I ask people this a lot. <laughs> if you go back and you look at Jason Kipnis's career, yeah. And if you were told before the draft, obviously this is super hypothetical, yep. based on his career, should he have been a 1-1? And he wasn't even a first-rounder, right? No. He was like a third second or fourth-rounder, round. I think. Was he a second-rounder? Kip's right here. <laughs> second, yeah. Second-rounder. We got we to <laughs> find those scout reports that were made for us. Because I remember seeing at, at Arizona State. Yeah. Yep. Yep. After transferring, right? I think yep. we even talked at one point because there was a whole, like, leaving Kentucky. Yep. Right? Yeah. And, yeah, God, I remember. What I God, that's a long time. We're getting old, guys. I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, Keith, we don't even bring up my scouting report because you weren't even. It was still they had to, like, type it into the. That's right. <laughs> type it in. Who's that? Carrier it. pigeon. Right? Yeah. wrote it yeah. He's, He's like, wait, you were drafted? <laughs> you guys, you guys <laughs> missed it on, on Friday. Todd Frazier, we were talking to Jim Callis, and Todd Frazier's like, everyone said I had a hitch in my swing. Fuck he did. You guys. Yeah. What he yeah. said? He's, He's like, look mad. at me now, baby. He is. He's he keeps receipts. Mad. Todd keeps receipts as well as anyone. And oh, he was like he's, barking he like at him. He came after me great. on Twitter. He's like, you no always shit. said I had a hitch in my swing. And I'm he like, did have a hitch. You yeah. did have a hitch. You're just really fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. I always say to players like that, anytime it's like, dude, good for you. Prove me wrong. Prove all the scouts wrong. That's awesome. I would much rather have that happen. I say a guy's got this flaw or that problem and the guy's good 
versus I say the guy's good and it doesn't work out. That sucks. Nobody wants to see a player fail. If you want to see mm-hmm. a player fail, get the hell out of this business. There's plenty right. of guys who would much – you have to like players to do what I do, to do what scouts do, to do what coaches do. You must have the mindset that you like players. So like Todd Frazier, because his brother also had the same kind of swing and never really got around too. So when Todd came along, it's like, oh, is this going to be just like Jeff? Are we going to see the same thing? The fact that Todd had a long, very successful career – even with the hitch in his swing, good for him. He to me, that's famous. an awesome story. That yeah, is he was awesome. famous. Yeah, yeah he was famous. <laughs> but but he was the, very famous. The, the the comp right now is because I listened to your show the other day. Um, yeah, JJ Blade. Yep, another hitch guy. Yep, big time. And, and right now he has he hasn't figured that out yet. No, and that, you know I always it's funny. My mentor when I was at the Blue Jays, I'll I'll name check Tony Lacave. He's been there forever. Oh, you know, uh, when guy. I was first, oh, he's one of the best. Just a great human and taught me so so much about not just scouting or development but just life and you know when i was first learning how to scout and like do you do you sort of cross a guy off for this do you kill a guy for this he said there's nothing about a player that's that's a kill right oh he's got a hitch in his swing it's just a factor it's just one thing you've got away and that might count against him but then you look can he get around that does he still hit despite that can he get to velocity can he get to changing speeds do not go in with the mindset that you're looking for one factor that just knocks a guy out. I'll give you an example from this year. One of the three Seattle guys from the first round, Johnny Farmello, he bars his lead arm and the swing is so manufactured at this point where clearly he got with some coach who was trying to say, we're going to optimize your launch angle. So teams will take you higher, which always makes me want to just peel the skin off my body when I hear that. (laughs) But you know what? That guy can, even with stuff I don't like in the swing, he hits he can hit, and he showed me he can get to velocity. I saw him against Bryce Eldridge. And Eldridge was 91-93, and Farmelo could get to the ball. He fouled a couple off, so he'd get something he could hit squarely. If you have things I don't like in the swing and you can still hit, I almost like you more because now you've shown me you've just got a real natural ability. You've got hand-eye coordination. You've got hand speed. You can hit. Great. And then maybe somebody loosens up the swing, and he can drive the ball a little more effectively now that, now that he's going to be with a pro organization. When we're sending we're, this to Todd to make he, yeah make him yeah, feel a little better. You guys are going to be best. He'll still now. be mad. Oh, no, he, well, he lives mad. Over. No, he no, lives, no yeah, Todd, that's fine. Todd's going to be on his deathbed. Oh, him shit! I my swing. <laughs> arm bar you. He'll Keith, arm bar you. Keith, when were you with the blue? When were you with Tony Lacava at the Blue Jays and stuff? Oh, two, so I was there. Oh, two to oh, six. He came in oh three. He spent a year at the Marlins and then came to I think it was Cleveland to the Marlins. That sound right? Or Marlins to Cleveland. I'm sorry. One year at Cleveland. Then he came to us, and he was there from 03 till now. Actually, he's still there. So you were the one that screwed my minor league career up. I get it. I get it Yeah, now. totally. 100%. I, was, I knew somebody was holding me down. That's why Keith's on today. Just everyone. You know, we're a That's player right. host show. All the players can just air it out if they weren't the, the world's perfect prospect. I don't know we'll have Keith. schemes on eventually, and he'll be like, yo, my fastball shape <laughs> yeah. doesn't have the life. Blah, yeah, blah, like blah. Keith. Keith. This is the first, Keith, you're actually the first person to come on that hasn't had beef with AJ. AJ's oh, had beef with That was before your time, Keith. That was before your time. That's true. You never yeah, put me in the already, top yeah, 100 prospects. Yep. You never put me in the top 100 prospects. He's too young for you. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Keith, it was awesome having you, dude. Um, enjoy the yeah. rest of the draft rounds. This was great. Thank you. Yeah, let's do it again. Yes, same here. Same here. Would love to have you back on. Appreciate you. Uh, you can follow all of Keith's work on The Athletic, and also um, you can check out his show, DVR and Law. It's part of The Athletic Podcast Network. 
Um, and I will give the Twitter shout out as well. I just wanted to make sure I had it right. It's very easy, at Keith Law. Nice and simple. 